Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Well, howdy, everybody. Good morning, and, uh, and welcome to the Home Improvement Show. It's right here on KTSA, as it is every Saturday morning. 9 to 11. Thanks for making us a part of your Saturday morning routine. We hope that we uh, we can entertain you a little bit, make it worth your while, and maybe maybe even uh, we'll learn something together. How about that? We'd, we'd, we'd like that a lot. Uh, hey, special thanks to Don Cooper-Stevens in studio this week, uh, playing the music and screening the calls and, and just making this show uh, as good as it possibly can be with yours truly at the helm. So uh, appreciate Don making me look good. Uh, my name is Martin Bamba, by the way. That's my buddy Jim Smith right over there. And we are here to help. Good morning, my brother. How Good you morning, sir. How are you? I am. Man, I am just capital. I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day today. Sun is shining, looking good. Uh, had uh, We're down here at our Corpus Christi store this weekend, and uh, last night, not last night, but the night before last, it was some of the heaviest rain that I have have had in a long time. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful. I don't know how many inches we got, but it was it was a good, healthy rain. And I know that there are some areas around San Antonio that got a little bit, you know, not right. a lot, but but any little bit helps right now, and especially with those triple digit temperatures returning. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we actually had a cold front this week. It got down. Uh, the the highs were on in in nineties. Well, yeah, exactly, and that, <laughs> and that kind of does. We joke about that, but it does feel um, tremendously better than one hundred and four hundred and five. Uh, and we went out and had dinner here in Port Aransas on Thursday night. Was it Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night, and uh, it was cool. I mean, it, the the rains that had been around kind of dropped the temperature. The clouds were out, and it was if you sat out on the patio, it was really not just tolerable. It was really pleasant. Cool. So you know, early July, we'll take it. It's all right. Um, hey, we're going to talk uh, today. Obviously, the the show is about you and your phone calls, and uh, and and uh, you know, helping helping our listeners out. So we want you to grab a phone line at two ten. Uh, Five nine nine fifty five fifty five. That's two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. With your home improvement questions, would love to help you out. Had a couple of emails this past week um, regarding a couple of different things. I think uh, one of our listeners needed some bathroom remodeling done, and another one had some some spots on concrete uh, that they had a question about. Tell tell me about that one. I know that they emailed you on that one, Jim. What was uh, what was the deal with the spots on the concrete? Uh, they had some brown and black spots in the concrete, and they had tried pressure washing and uh, cleaning it, and it didn't do uh, didn't remove the spots. Um, yeah, they were they were that, they were actually embedded into the concrete by that point. Yeah, 
yeah. and so I we just suggested the uh, Zip uh, concrete wash uh, in conjunction with the power washer. Yeah, and and if that doesn't get it uh, after a couple of times, it, it may just be too deeply um, stained into the concrete. And, and once that stuff sinks in, it's kind of like oil stains in concrete. If you if you park a a truck or a car that has an oil leak over a certain part of your driveway and it stains that concrete and it starts embedding itself and penetrating deeper and deeper into the concrete, it won't come out. Uh, right. It doesn't matter what you do because it's it's stained all the way through. And uh, unfortunately, that does happen. Now, what caused the, the spots, I couldn't answer. Sounds like maybe mildew or, or something of that nature uh, could have been. Uh, I'll tell you what does a real number on concrete is the uh, the, the pollen um, pistols that, that drop off of pecan trees and off of oak trees and uh, pecan trees especially uh, and I and I have to believe it's because they contain a lot of oil much like the pecans do and they really can stain your concrete if you have pecan trees over your driveway or your parking uh, area in, at your house and you want to get that off of there as quickly as possible to make sure it doesn't permanently stain uh, that area. And and that's the key, really, to most concrete stains is making sure you clean it as quickly as possible. Don't right. let something sit there and just penetrate the, the, the surface and, and really embed itself in the concrete because by that point, then, sometimes it's too late. Uh, but we do appreciate that listener reaching out and, and checking with us on that, and, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to answer your home improvement questions uh, on a uh, on a weekly basis, and, and during the week, if you need to reach us, we're available by email, and, and typically we get back to you within about 48 hours. Um, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Let's get right to it. Clint, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Speaking of concrete, I got a few uh, sidewalk questions for you. Well, let's see if we can help. I'm replacing the sidewalk from the street up to the front door, and is a 3,000 PSI sufficient? Uh, for a sidewalk? Yes. Oh, yeah, I think three 3,000 PSI should be more than sufficient for a sidewalk. Okay. And on the rebar, what size rebar would you recommend, and and what spacing? Well, uh, Jim, you want to with, with it being a sidewalk, uh, I probably wouldn't e- use rebar at all. I, pro- I would probably use a good uh, mesh. Uh, I would agree with that. What What's the mesh do over the rebar? I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, it's Why it's not that it does rebar? any. It, it doesn't do anything over rebar. It's just it's a it's a quicker and easier way to reinforce the concrete. And when you're talking about a walkway versus a driveway or a, or a parking garage or something like that, uh, it, it doesn't require the same kind of strength that you would require in something like that. Let's say, for instance, you were uh, pouring a pad to set a hot tub on. You want to use rebar for that. Uh, but for a walkway or even a, a patio, you really and truly, unless you're putting something structurally heavy on it, you don't need anything heavier than a mesh. Okay. Now, i got a tree that's going to be probably about three or four feet from that and doing a radius around that. Uh, would that would the rebar be better beneficial to keep the roots away from it and, and heaving it? Uh, rebar or no rebar, if, if your roots start impeding on 
the concrete, uh, there is a chance for it to heave in the future. Um, rebar won't stop it. Uh, would it would it be a little stronger? Yeah, of course it would, but it, but it's not going to make a big enough difference that I would point you in that direction. You're not going to go wrong either way is what I'm saying. If you feel better doing rebar, uh, absolutely do it. Um, but you, you don't have to have the same type of footings, the same type of, of reinforcement that you would if you were building something that was structurally supporting something else. And when you do the mesh, is that just flat on the ground, or do you saddle it up like you do rebar? No, no, you, you'll want to saddle it up. Um, you never want to just – because you, you lose all effectiveness of whatever it is you're using if you don't saddle it up and you don't, you don't get that well, concrete all the way around it. Well, it's, it's not really necessary to saddle it up if you use the mesh or welded wire, you know, a welded wire mesh. As you pour the concrete in, oh, you, you, can can pull it take, up. Yeah. you can take a, a hole and just uh, catch it and pull it up about halfway into the concrete and then pour the rest of your your slab. Oh, okay, I yeah. got you there. That's that. true. Yep. Okay. Now, in the past, uh, y'all had mentioned for mosquito protection, Avon Skin So Soft. There's like four or five different varieties of that. Which particular one are y'all using to keep the, the mosquitoes plain away? The plain old, plain old, uh, just Skin So Soft, uh, the original. The original. And is that on, online only or is there a... Uh, most or? Avon is typically online only. Okay. And just the In, unless you happen, unless you, your wife happens to know somebody that sells Avon, which which is possible. You know, there, there are local Avon agents around. Okay. Good deal. So original skin so soft. And we're going to talk about some other ways to kind of combat mosquitoes today on the show uh at some point we're going to talk about that so tune in for that and and uh good luck on your on your walkway yeah your good questions all great questions clint we appreciate you calling this morning uh let's get back to the phone lines at 210-599-5555 210-599-5555 let's go to emmanuel emmanuel good morning welcome to the show Good morning, Ed. Uh, I had a question. I have a hickory tree in our front yard, and we have a, a dog. We have a husky who likes to dig up, not dig up, but dig around the roots of the tree, I guess, to stay cool. It doesn't get very far down, maybe about half a foot, if even that. It's just like a place for him to lay. Is that bad sure, for the tree yeah. right there? Do I have to be doing something for that? You know, it's, it's not... It's not going to kill the tree, I don't believe. Uh, this is more of a uh, full disclosure. This is more of a Bob Webster question than a than a my question. But um, I don't think it's going to do severe damage to the tree. Just keep an eye on it, and and as you can, put the dirt back and make sure that the tree has adequate water. Um, other than that, I, I I don't think it's going to hurt anything. And I understand why your your pup's doing that. Uh, is he a full time outside dog, or does he ever come inside? No, no, he's a full time outside dog. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, just just make sure that he's got, you know, plenty of water. Make sure that he's got plenty of shade, and that's what he's doing. He's just trying to find a place to get cool. What I've uh, yeah. What's worked for me in the past to get get the dogs from digging in the yard is uh, pour out uh, some uh, cayenne pepper in the uh, area he's digging in. He won't dig again. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it, it won't do any permanent damage or hurt the really hurt the dog, but. It's a deterrent because they, they don't like that getting in their snout. 
Yeah. I had another question. In, in our backyard, we had some uh, some crepe myrtles, some uh, some short, not the ones that grow very big, but the, the shorter ones. And uh, yes, sir. our goats would our goats would get back there a lot and rub their their horns and their body on them and kind of eat the leaves off. It looks like it kind of killed them. I mean, I don't I don't yeah. know how it would, but I mean, is is that are they that sensitive? Those, those trees, those crepe myrtles. You know, I've never known crepe myrtles to be super sensitive, but certainly goats rubbing up against them, especially if they're not a fully mature plant, can can certainly uh, stunt them and, and possibly kill them. Again, that that honestly, that's more of a Bob Webster question. Give a give a listen tomorrow morning when Bob's on the air and ask him, and he'll give you he'll give you the right answer. My answer is, can it? Yeah, I think it can, but uh, but he'll have he'll have a much more detailed answer for you. All right. Oh, that was it. Appreciate okay. it. Hey, Emmanuel, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Uh, it's the Home Improvement Show here on AM 550, FM 107.1 KTSA. I'm Martin Bamba. That's my buddy Jim Smith right over there. And we are here to help. And uh, we want you to grab a phone line with your home improvement questions at 210-599-5555. Uh, congratulations to all who survived uh, 4th of July weekend and, uh, and and made it back through all the traffic and all the all the <laughs> you are, at, of of the travel of of holiday weekends. Well, uh, this year, like last year, I didn't have any um, wild posts to put out. It's been uh, now two two Fourth of Julys that I have not gotten crazy at the house. Well, I'm glad to hear that because man, there were some years in the past that I was a little worried. <laughs> Little we, worried. We've done some uh, some some crazy stuff, you know. Everything at my house uh, typically starts with "hold my beer and watch this." Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's the truth. <laughs> and uh, and you usually have some crazy fireworks going on. Did you did you you know keep it a little more subdued on the fireworks this year? Mandy, we didn't do anything. We just sat back and relaxed. We didn't do any fireworks. Nothing. Oh, that is so much better. See, that is so much better. Yep. Um, we, you know, we didn't have uh, a whole lot going on outside our house in our neighborhood, uh, mostly because fireworks are banned. That, of course, that doesn't stop anybody. Um, whomever wants to, they're going to pop them off anyway. But, man, I'll tell you what, for the pets uh, and the dogs that freak out whenever that happens, um, I, it, I used to, as a kid, I used to like fireworks, but I also lived on a big ranch, and there was nobody around. And there was no one to bother. And if it was a wet year, you were safe. You could pop off some fireworks. But, man, when you're in a highly concentrated residential area and you've got, let's we talk a lot about pets, but let's talk about veterans with PTSD that might live in your neighborhood. What do you think that does to them? You know, and, and everybody's all gung-ho about fireworks. And, hey, I, I like fireworks just like the next person, but go see a professional display. Uh, go see something like that. Uh, and speaking of that, when we were in uh, in Orlando and we went to Disney, we went to the Magic Kingdom one day, and it was a full day, man. We got there. Uh, they they call it at rope drop. Whenever the whenever the park opens, if you're there, you're there for rope drop. And we got there for rope drop, and we stayed the entire day until the uh the fireworks that evening and 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 i probably would have enjoyed the fireworks a lot better if i wasn't so doggone exhausted but they put on one of the most no the most spectacular fireworks and 
video display I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's it's incredible. The you know the the big castle that Disney's known for. You walk into the park. That's the first thing you see. That huge castle. They did. Have you ever seen the Have you ever seen the uh, the videos that they do down on on at the San Fernando Cathedral? Yes. Have you ever seen that, Jim? Yeah. So it was like that. It was like that type of technology, but they did different Disney films and different clips from Disney films and music that threaded through all of it, and then it all capped off with this massive fireworks display. And when I say massive, I mean it was wow. Um, Don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. It was pretty spectacular. But these were also professional pyrotechnics people, and it was enjoyable. It was it was outstanding. Anybody who was there watching was there because they wanted to see those fireworks, and uh, and and it was it was pretty amazing. If you get the chance to take your kids, if you have younger kids or grandkids, um, at least once you should. You really should. I mean, I I I gave my wife grief the the whole time we were there. I, God, I hate going to Disney. If it wasn't for these grandkids, I wouldn't be here. And uh, and and I kind of mean that, but. To see the kids and the joy on their faces and the fun that they had, it was worth every second of it. I, d- I may not have felt that way at the end of the day because I was exhausted, but <laughs> but I do feel that way now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my name is Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, Raul has been hanging on through the break. We're going to get right to him. Raul, good morning. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, hey, I love I love my home, but there's a couple big questions I have to improve it. So if we have time for one or both, that's fine. Um, Absolutely. First one, sure, sure. The uh, first one is uh, we have it's two story for the most part. Um, in the attic, we have two 50 gallon, you know, tank water heaters, right? And they're getting about the age where I need to replace them. I'd like to replace them with a tank, one tankless. Uh, water heater only because uh, well the main reason is because I the quotes I get uh, you know they they really charge a lot just because it's upstairs in the attic and I, and I understand that but I hear that's easy to replace a tankless one when the time comes that you can do it yourself so what are some of the um, things I should look for in today's um, tankless water heaters that you know that I should absolutely you know try to get some features that maybe they didn't have before or, you know, that time has kind of made them better. Well, one of the first things I would, I would say is, uh, or ask you rather is, do you have natural gas at your home? I do. And that's what they are. Yeah. Okay. That would be the first recommendation is whatever, uh, whatever tankless system you decide to go with, that you go with a gas powered system. Uh, It's more efficient. Uh, heats up more quickly, and, and it costs you a lot less to run. Although, as I understand it, there are electric systems that have gotten much more efficient over the years. Uh, but I, as I I believe you still have to have three-phase to run a uh, tankless water heater if it's electric, and, and that can be sometimes costly to add, you know, to your, to your home. Uh, highly recommend and love tankless water uh, heaters. I, I have one at my house. And absolutely love it. Um, there are certainly many different brands out there. Renai is still, you know, they were the originator. 
but there are there are lots of good brands uh, in in tankless water heaters. Jim, what do you have to add to that? I would say that uh, yeah, uh, what you uh, said about the tankless water heater being simple or uh, easier to replace is true, but you need to have a qualified plumbing company to do the original install because there is some conversion in your system that's going to have to be done for a tankless water heater. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. And, and that's why I was saying to replace it, right? So, because we, we plan on being here for at least 20 years in this house, right? I mean, if all things stay the same, right? So yes. I would imagine having to replace it, you know, you know, maybe once or twice in, in the time we're here. So. And you have two 50-gallon water heaters? That's correct. There's five of us, but the um, the oldest kid is eight right now. But again, you know, obviously, as they get older, there'll be more water being used. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, two fifty gallons is a lot. How many restrooms does the house have? Um, let's see, one, two, three, four. That's still a lot of uh, of hot water. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, the whoever you call to install it may be able to uh, get you downsized a little bit be, be, because if you ab- actually have the demand for two 50-gallon water heaters, you may need to put in two uh, uh, tankless. Okay. Hmm. Um, okay. So I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> well, I, I, like, calculate I would risk say risk that risk. I would say that fifty gallons for five people in a home, fifty gallons is usually it's sufficient. Oh, okay. Well, it also it also depends on the size of your home, Jim, and and if you have uh, a water heater that's supplying half your house and a water heater that's supplying the other half of your house, which is my guess, Raul is that you, you have a, a, a larger house where you have uh, maybe one of the water heaters is servicing the second floor and one of them servicing the first floor, one servicing the left side of the house and one servicing the right side of the house or what have you. That's my they're guess. They're actually in, uh, in series. And, no, they're in series. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's you, a lot you, of hot water. You will, that's a lot of hot water, yeah, in series on one uh, one service. Uh, what I would say is that you will probably be able to get away with one tankless um and and the reason being is that you know yeah i think you will your your plumber will be able to assess that more accurately whenever they get out there and see the situation but from what i'm hearing i think that you'll probably be able to get away with one okay yeah that's what i'm hoping for because especially since uh, we have a lot of other gas appliances and so i don't want to up the gas usage right (laughs) and Uh, well yeah yeah yeah. So. Well, no, okay. that's uh, yeah. It sounds sounds very doable. Uh, just get you a good plumber out there and and get her done. Is is there a safety mechanism that I could that they come with or ask for, or add on so that you know because you know it's up in the attic, right? And so um, I don't want oh, yeah. water gushing out from an emergency. Yeah. No, I think much like a tanked uh, tank. Uh, traditional water heater, you're, you're going to have to have some, t- some type of something that will be an automatic cutoff if it develops a leak. And I don't know, ex- mine is outside, so I don't have that issue. But 
Right. Uh, th- there's got to be some type of, of a safety valve that cuts everything off if there is a leak detected. I don't know how that works exactly. I need to I need to research that. You've given me some homework to do, uh, but but certainly there's got to be some type of uh, uh, of safety. Well, please please keep in mind, uh, where is your house located? Um, I'm sorry, like what city I'm, do I live yes. in? <laughs> oh, I'm up actually in in uh, Plano, which is uh, North Dallas. So. Okay, you're yeah. uh, the uh, new codes say that if you have a gas water heater, it has to be moved out of the attic oh, if you replace it. So they're, in my, uh, they're possibly going to have to mount those in your garage. Oh, that'd be great. That's why <laughs> I'm saying frankly, that... You, I was going to say, frankly, that would be a lot better. Yes. A lot better. Yes, but I know the new building codes, it depends on if the Plano... The city of Plano has adopted it. Mm. Okay, gosh, that would be that'd be very costly, though, wouldn't it? Yes, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point of view. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. It, it could oh, be. It could. It, it could. It could be costly, but but then again, uh, you know, it may be worth the, the little added expense to to do it right. Um, Roel, you you said you're in Plano. Are you listening to us in Plano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we oh yeah. Well, There's a few of us awesome. that you know we. We we love your show. We you know we kind of wish that some of the stuff that you advertise was over here, but you know <laughs> yeah. like the window world, because you know <laughs> you know. But but we get your advice, and you know, there's quite a few of us here that uh, you know <laughs> that listen to your. Well, show we appre- we appreciate it. We appreciate it, man. I, I you know I know we've got listeners all over the place, but uh, first time to talk to one from Plano, and we appreciate you listening. And and we love your talk about mu- the music and stuff and the, the shows and sometimes we go down there you know hey you know Bronfels has something interesting sure why not <laughs> sweet you know? sweet well we yeah. we love hearing that man and we will we will keep it up uh, we we love talking about home improvement but we, we also love talking about music you know that sounds great hey thanks a lot appreciate well brother. You guys. Hey, thanks, Raul. We appreciate you calling this morning all the way from Plano. Thank you, sir. Uh, Hey, get yourself a phone line, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Let's go to Bill. Bill, good morning. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Outstanding. Bill, how can we help you this morning, sir? Well, uh, I'm new to the area, okay, so I'm down here i escaped from new york and uh, i got a new house and i want to i was wondering if i should put a uh, uh a water system around the house like a soaker system around the house the the foundation to see if uh you know i can keep it from cracking it's not crack started cracking yet it's a new house and I've got okay. uh, pretty much a uh, a low maintenance front yard, so that the front part of the house doesn't get any water. And uh, I was just wondering, you know, they they said that the clay down here separates. Yes, it, it can. Uh, we 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 have soil that's conducive to you know some foundation issues in certain areas of of South Texas, and and San Antonio is no exception to that. Uh, what uh, what I would recommend that you do is get a uh, a slow slow drip soaker hose, uh, put on a timer, 
don't violate your your watering rules, but I think I think drip is is okay anytime, isn't it? I'm I'm not sure about that. I have to check with Saws or whomever your water provider is. Um, but if you put that about four to five feet away from your foundation, don't put it right up against your slab. And during droughty times, that's that's a good idea is to you know to keep that that foundation you know watered uh, at least through the summer months. Uh huh. And how long would you would you water for? Well, it kind of depends on the area that you're covering, uh, how how you know what the circumference of the slab is and the area that you're covering. Uh, that'd be a difficult thing for me to answer without knowing exactly all the details of it. Jim, do you have anything to oh, add to that? Okay. Uh, no, uh, not not really. Typically, uh, I mean, once or twice a week for about. Uh, 45 minutes would be fine. That's what I've heard or experienced in the past. Okay. All righty. Well, that's what I wanted to find out, make sure I didn't have my house fall apart underneath me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you'll be fine. And how new is the house, Bill? How how, it, how new it, is it? About a year, About a year and a half. You know, it, it's not a bad idea. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say you have to do this every year, but I'd say once every three or four years, not a bad idea to get a foundation company out just to kind of take a look at it and, you know, give an assessment of what's going on and, and uh, stay on top of it. But, um, you know, there are also houses and areas of San Antonio that can go 50 years and never have a foundation problem. So yeah, uh, don't be too afraid of it, but, but, but you're being proactive, and that's good. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, keep everything together here. Do you have a gutters a, a gutters on the home? No. You There's need no to get those. Uh huh. That will okay. also help That will help tremendously. Yes. yes. Be sure to get gutters on your home if you don't have them. We'll be happy to help help you at Window World. There's other gutter companies out there, but we also do seamless gutters and would love to help you. Ah. All right. Um, all right. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Hey, you're sure welcome. Welcome to te welcome to Texas. We're glad to have you. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to get down here, but it, I did. But, but you're here now. That's I, the, I, what matters. <laughs> yeah, I had some it. interaction in your. I had some interaction in your former state that uh, it probably will be a while before I go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a uh, long while before I go back to New York. <laughs> I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Well, listen, man. Enjoy your time in Texas, and thanks for listening. We appreciate you, Bill. Oh, thank you very much. Bye bye. Yes, sir. Hey, let's go to Rick. Let's try to uh, slip him in before the uh, top of the hour. Rick, good morning. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about the difference between cedar decks and composite decks and what are the pros sure. and cons of each one. Pros of a cedar deck is, of course, the beauty, uh, and uh, it's classic. Um, the cons are maintenance, maintenance, and maintenance. Uh you're going to have to do a whole lot of maintenance on a cedar deck over the over the lifespan of it to keep it looking new and keep it looking good. Uh, I am a big proponent of of composite decks. Composite decks are virtually maintenance free. It's much easier to install a hidden fastener system on a composite deck because they are actually made uh, in such a way that you can actually get decks uh, deck boards that have slots in them and you absolutely see no fasteners whatsoever. Uh, you never have to paint it. You never have to stain it. It stays cooler than traditional wood, typically, depending on the kind you get. 
and uh, it's just really and truly, uh, for the long term, it's, it's, it's a better solution. It is more expensive initially, typically. And there are several different types and styles out there. Of course, Trex is probably the most well-known, but there are some other ones that are fantastic out there that, that I'd be happy to recommend um, uh, if you drop me an email. Okay? Okay. All right. Uh, phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. If, if you're tuning in for the very first time, thank you very much. If you're a longtime listener and uh, you know regular listener, thank you so much for uh, for keeping us on the air. We appreciate you. Uh, anything that uh, has to do with your home, from the roof to the foundation to anything in between, uh, that's what we're here to help you with uh, on the Home Improvement Show every Saturday morning, uh, 9 to 11. Let's get right back to the phone lines, 210-599-5555. Janice, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good morning. We're fan- Well, I can't speak for Jim. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I just have a couple little comments. Um, there's an Avon store off Marbach down by the H. Oh, there's an actual, there's an actual brick and mortar Avon store. It's in the little strip center at the side well, where there's the pharmacy and you can go in and buy all the skin so soft y'all need. Awesome. Perfect. And then one other little comment, the guy with the dog, he needs to put a kiddie pool out for the dog to cool itself in this heat and the dog will probably quit digging. You know, I didn't. Thank you for thank you for that, and that is great advice. Yeah, my advice. wife has got uh, has got two kitty pools out for our dogs, and I didn't even think about that. And sometimes, if it and, gets and, too too hot, you can buy a bag of ice and put it either in a pail or you know, and they can cool. I was going to say, if 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 you want to be really nice and do the right thing, at the heat of the day, drop you a ten pound bag of ice in that water. And your your puppies will be so much happier, so much happier. So well, that's great advice, Janice. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, I, I, as as a as a dog owner and a dog lover, we've got our two puppies. Uh, ours are smaller, and they're inside way more often than they're outside, so we don't have to worry about it. But these these poor big dogs, and especially large breed dogs that uh, that have lots of fur. Huskies and you know and and German shepherds and and dogs like that that stay outside. Even if there's shade, you've got to remember that in the shade it can be a hundred plus degrees just in the shade, and you don't want your dogs to be out suffering in that. So yeah, Janice, great great suggestion. Kitty pool, very cheap way to to let your dog get in and get some relief. Thank y'all for your show. I enjoy listening to y'all. We thank, thank you. you for listening and thank you for calling, Janice. Uh, let's get to Debbie. Debbie, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi, Debbie. Um, good morning. Hi. So I I heard that you do windows and doors. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. That is correct. Okay. So I need doors. So what kind of doors do you do? Uh, our our typical door is a fiberglass door. Uh, that carry really strong warranties. Uh, we do almost 100% pre-finished doors, meaning that they were going to come uh, in your choice of, of stain or paint colors. Um, and we have, gosh, I don't know, what would you say, maybe 300 different styles to choose from, Jim? Uh, maybe so, yeah. Um, and they're all uh, the jams and the, uh, the threshold are all rock-proof composite. 
Um, it's uh, they're very very good doors. Okay, so they're they're front entryway doors. Yes, uh, front doors, do, back do doors. A, w- yes. Well, we do, yeah, we do every type of door. We do front doors, garage doors, entry doors. Uh, we don't do interior doors. That's that's the one thing we don't do. We don't do bathroom doors and you know bedroom doors and things like that. But exterior doors, just about any kind you can think of, including patio doors. Okay. Great. I need a front door. And also, um, so what I've been thinking about doing with my, I have a sliding glass patio door in the back, and I hate it. So I was wondering if there's a way to um, just completely remove that door and replace it with something completely different. I don't like the sliding glass patio door. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do it all the time, and and believe it or not, you, you, you hate them, but some people prefer a sliding door just depending on their on their, uh, you know, situation, maybe they need more room, and, and a swinging door would impede their their room. Uh, but yes, we take out sliding patio doors almost every single week and replace them with French doors. Okay, French doors. That's that's what I was thinking of. So that a French door is a swinging door, correct? Uh, yes, ma'am. A French door is 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 a style of door, and when you think of a French door. You, there, there's two different types of, of those doors. A true French door, both the left and the right side are operational. One of them is primary. The other one you can unpin and open it. Then there's also an atrium door, which is like a French door, except one side is fixed all the time. It does not open at all, and one side opens. Okay. Well, what I really don't like about the sliding glass door is that I, I need to put a doggy door in so my dogs can get in and out. And... Um, so I was thinking about doing French doors if they if there's a way to put a doggy door in it. Is there a way to do that? Absolutely. Uh, if yeah, there there certainly is. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, I had even bought one of those. Um, there's a doggy door that goes in a sliding glass patio door, but it's still in the box. I never I never had it installed. I I looked at it and I didn't like the whole idea of it. Just doesn't look secure enough to me. I would be a little concerned about those as well. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's an insert that you put in, and then it becomes your strike where the door closes against. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how secure it is, I, but I would have concerns about it as well. Right, okay. Okay, um, where, do you have a showroom or something where I can go look at doors? Yes, ma'am. Debbie, where are you located? Uh, I'm in the Stone Oak area. Okay. Uh, you could either go to our Evers Road location, which is at 5238 Evers Road, and we're open until 2 today, um, or you could go to our New Braunfels location. I think the Evers Road location probably be a little closer for you, but our New Braunfels location is at 332 Landa, and we're open Monday through Friday there. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Appreciate you being a part of the show this morning. Uh, get yourself a phone line, too, at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Let's go to Teresa. Teresa, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question on garage doors. I have yes, a ma'am. double garage door. Oh, I mean, two garage doors. And we had rented it, and there's no garage door openers. Now, is there a, a way that we can just have one garage door that can open both doors? 
or we have to get two separate garage door openers? If you have two doors, uh, you do have to have two separate openers. There, there's, To my knowledge, there's no such thing as, as a garage door opener that will operate two doors in tandem. Um, now, you can use the same remote to open both doors, but it's going to be two separate openers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And do you have any suggestions of a door company that the garage door opener people that can be able to do that and not that expensive? I know everything's expensive right now, but. Yeah, a typical garage door opener, and I mean, there's all different levels. There's very basic, and then there's belt-driven. There's almost completely silent. There are even some that have cameras built into them, which is kind of cool. Um, they have motion detectors on them where it will alert you mm -hmm. when somebody is opening your garage door, and you can even yeah. open them remotely with some of these openers. Yeah. So the, the prices can vary pretty pretty greatly, um, but would be happy to help you with something like that. At, at Window World, just give us a call and tell us you need a couple of openers, and we'll get somebody to help you. Oh, okay. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Teresa. We appreciate you calling this morning. Thanks for listening. We would love to talk to you and answer your home improvement questions this morning. Martin Bomber right here, Jim Smith right there. And we are here to help. And uh, let's talk a little bit about mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. I don't like them. You don't like them. Nobody likes them. Uh, even had some cases of malaria pop up in Texas and Florida last week uh, that is transmitted by mosquitoes. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some, some ways that you can uh, – help keep mosquitoes away from you and, you, and your and your family and your home. Um, mosquito uh, control is not an easy thing sometimes, but here are some of the best ways that you can manage mosquito population in your area and take back your summer. Uh, one of them is avoiding scented body products. Although the, there are some scents that work as a repellent for mosquitoes, you know, uh, there are other body lotions and perfumes that actually help attract these pests and and the best way to get rid of mosquitoes is to stay away from fancy smelling perfumes colognes body washes lotions if you plan on spending time outside during high mosquito activity hours avoid these things uh, now i will tell you the skin so soft that's been mentioned on the show a few times here by the way we don't get paid to mention that it just really works uh it is is actually quite pleasant smelling isn't it jim well yeah but it, the, the smell will typically only last about 10 or 15 minutes after you, after you put it on that that's true but it but it does have it, it's not an offensive smell it's not like it's not like spraying on off i mean no off no no face, no it doesn't smell absolutely great. No, right so the hours that you typically worry about mosquitoes is dust to dawn between april and october and that's that's about right too in our area uh what's the second one you got the second one there for me it says wear light colored clothing uh it turns out that mosquitoes are attracted to darker color materials now i beg to differ with that a little bit because i've got some really white legs and they they, they always <laughs> attack my legs well your your legs unfortunately are giving off pheromones and stuff that attracts them so yeah <laughs> uh, white or not but i just had, but, but if you're i had to, black clothes i had to throw the joke in bud yeah, of course, yeah, of course, but but it, in all reality, 
it's true. I can tell you that wearing black clothing or dark clothing does not attract mosquitoes nearly as bad. I've been around people where I've had lighter clothing on, they've had darker clothing, and they're getting eaten up, and I'm, uh, you know, and I'm not, and vice versa, too. And so, now, um, also, it says if you're in need of some new pieces of clothing and want to kill two bugs with one stone, uh, so to speak, uh, there's a brand called Ex Officio that sells Ex Officio. Mos- yeah, okay. That sells mosquito repellent clothing for men and women. I'd love to know how that works and how that works after one washing. I'd I, 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 I really like to know. I'm, I'm going to check that uh, website out. Uh, the, the, the last one we're going to talk about right now before we get back to your phone calls is uh, pruning hedges and mowing the yard to reduce shade. Um, now, that sounds you know, counterproductive in the summertime. We want shade, and, and we want uh, that relief, but uh, – it provides shelter for mosquitoes, too. They need a place to get out of the heat and sun just like we do. And so the fewer shaded areas they find, the less they congregate in your yard. Uh, if you keep the hedges and bushes trimmed and you mow the yard at least once a week, uh, uh, mow uh, or till weedy spots, uh, mow the weedy spots until you minimize the shade and keep these marginal areas from becoming overgrown jungles. That's, that's a, a big way to help with the mosquito problem in your yard. And encourage your na- neighbors to do the same. Otherwise, You'll just drive the mosquitoes next door, and they'll come back over to pay you a visit once in a while, which you don't want them to do. I, I, I wonder. More of these. I wonder if that Go works ahead. for mowing the grass once a week, if all you have is standing hay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think after you after you do it once, it's you probably don't need. If you have standing hay, you're not going to have to do much more mowing after right. that. Right. <laughs> but uh, but if but if you have grass that's lush and doing pretty well and you water it uh you know on the days that you that you're allowed to then yeah you want to keep the grass not scalp but you want to keep it short enough to where it's not providing a haven for these guys uh we'll talk about some other ways to to help reduce your mosquito problems this summer uh as time permits but we do need to get back to the phone lines at 210-599-5555 let's go to romero romero welcome to the show oh yes good morning uh, my question was, uh, what is the standard thickness of roof plywood on custom-built homes? Jim, you want to take that one? Uh, I'm going to say typically uh, half-inch to five-eighths. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, rare that you, it's rare that you're going to find three-quarter-inch plywood on roof decking. It's going to typically be five-sixteenths five is typical. Okay, is it the, the thicker uh, any um, any better than the five eight? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, 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 I misspoke. I said five sixteenths. Five eighths is what I meant. If okay, if you got yeah, the 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 five eighths is very uh, it's typical. Um, I wouldn't use the half inch if uh, or they will call it half inch. It's actually seven sixteenths. But I wouldn't use that if you got uh, wider uh, spans. It might sag a little bit. But the 5 yeah. is t- typically a real good decking. Okay. All right. And you In would other words, we can't think a... of a reason you would we, – we, we can't think of a reason you'd need something heavier than that unless no. you're planning on placing something up on that roof. 
Okay. Okay, well, that pretty well answered my question then. That would be it. Okay. Well, thank thanks, you. Romero. We appreciate you calling this morning. Spencer, good morning. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Uh, appreciate the uh, phone call, guys. Yes, sir. How can we help you? I had a question about a shop. I had a welder come in and uh, fit up everything, but uh, come to find out, they fitted my walkthrough doors as interior doors, and now those interior doors have totally corroded. Do you think I should go back and refab for an exterior door, or should I get a custom door fitted? Uh, um, you might. You might. That's a hard question because you know I. I'm trying to look at it as if it were my house, and I would want something that would be uh, as cost-effective as possible but still done right. Uh, what, right. what is the width of the door? What, what width did they spec these at? They did uh, 30 width. And these are exterior have, entry uh, doors? They're exterior walk-through doors on this 1,500-square-foot uh, shop. I have three roll-up doors that are significant. And so they will oh, only be used yeah. for walking through. Oh yeah, then then I would just get a custom made door. I wouldn't go to the to the trouble of you know cutting and and rewelding and everything else you'd need to do to reconfigure that door. Just get you a custom sized door for that. Gotcha. And is that something that y'all can handle there at Window World? Uh, yes, sir. It sure is. It sure is. Uh, when you call up, just uh, where, where are you located? Uh, far south San Antonio. Okay. Yeah, just give us a call. Tell us what you need, and we'll we'll get the right person out there to talk to you. All righty, man. Appreciate the advice. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you calling, Spencer. Have a great weekend. 210-599-5555. Martin Bamba, Jim Smith right there. And we are here to help. And uh, we were conversing uh, about the uh, ways to help keep mosquitoes out of your yard. Uh, as we uh, as we talked about the last uh, segment, and we're going to continue that uh, with the next tip that we have. And and I can tell you, I actually tried this, and and they actually do work. Uh, and and it's a, a product called Thermacell. Tell us about that one, Jim. Well, it Thermacell mosquito repellent. It's um, spray on the spray on repellents have DEET. That is considered the most effective way to keep mosquitoes away. But a special repellent like the thermocell can create a safe zone uh, around your patio or other area in your backyard without the smell and sticky skin. Um, It works by heating a fuel cartridge. That creates a zone of protection ranging from 15 to 20 feet. Um, and and it, it really does work. Um, the, uh, the, the product is, is small. It, it almost looks like a, gosh, like a taser. <laughs> if you look at it, it kind of looks like a taser. It's a, a funky-looking little thing. And they've got several different uh, styles of them. Uh, you put in a, a, a cartridge. Uh, that that it, it's a little gas cartridge that comes with it. You put the cartridge in. There's a little square thing that the cartridge heats up that emits this this repellent, and you just click the little starter. The flame starts underneath it, and you just set it on the table or under the table or wherever you happen to be, and it really does help keep the mosquitoes away. Uh, it's a product called Thermacell. Check that out. 
the next one uh, would be switching to bug bulbs. Now, back when I was a kid, it seemed like everybody had these, didn't it, Jim? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. Everybody had these yellow lights on their on their uh, front porches and back porches. I haven't seen one in a long time, but they really do help keep bugs away. Uh, you you screw these into your outdoor light fixtures. Uh, there are also string light products that uh, that have this type of bulb, uh, and they really are pretty awesome. They they uh, th- these yellow colored lights uh, help keep the bugs away. They re- reduce light pollution, um, and they uh, the bugs at the outdoor. This this the person who's writing this says that they reduced them about ninety five percent. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I've I've always found them to be not so attractive. Um, they're not my favorite, you know, kind of light bulb. But the truth is, they really do a pretty good job of uh, keeping the bugs away from your your entry doors. Well, but uh, uh, are mosquitoes uh, supposed to fly at night? Somebody needs to let them know <laughs> they're not supposed to fly at night. They're supposed to be sleeping. That's right. That's right. <laughs> The next one is remove standing water. Um, it's a p- picture of a bird bath. <laughs> um, several years ago, my bird bath got removed uh, by a bullet. But <laughs> that's some, another story for another day. Well, somebody <laughs> set a can on it uh, to shoot it uh, to hold the can up and missed. Oh, brilliant! Okay. <laughs> I would ask who that was, but I bet I know. Uh, you, uh, you'd be wrong. Um, having oh. a, a, having acceptable, accessible water sources around your home will draw the mosquitoes in. They breed in that standing water. Um, they actually lay their eggs in standing or slow-moving water. By cutting these water sources... You're cutting the number of mosquitoes laying eggs around your home. And in return, having fewer mosquitoes around your home in general. Absolutely. And and, and that's uh, the thing that you got to remember. This, the smallest area of standing water can become a mosquito breeding ground. So look all around your house. Find places where water might pool, might stand after a rain, and you don't even realize it. Uh, in in kind of relation to that, if you have water features, uh, you can treat water features uh, to you know to, to help kill and and make it an in, in, inhabitable place for mosquitoes. Um, you, you don't have to drain your water features if you if you have a, you know a pond or something in your yard. Uh, those are places where mosquitoes can come, but there are ways that you can that you can treat that. Uh, if you pour a tiny amount, of uh, mosquito larvicide into the water so that a thin layer covers the surface. It suffocates the larva and any other insects in the water, for that matter, but it doesn't harm the fish. Uh, you can also use mosquito dunk, or we call them uh, donuts, uh, mosquito donuts, they, uh, because they are shaped like a donut. They're a little kind of uh, uh, soft briquette that produces a toxic bacterial spore uh, that kills mosquitoes and larvae, but again, it doesn't harm fish or animals. So if you have uh, uh, a water um, feature, if you have uh, a large water fountain or a bird bath, you put one of these in it, and it lasts for up to 30 days. And if you have large bodies of water, you want to throw two or three of these in there, and you can get those at any big box store. 
Yes, sir. Now, next one is keep any the water features or fish ponds that you have in your yard stocked. Goldfish, koi, minnows, and guppies will eat this, the mosquito larvae. Okay? So they're actually uh, natural uh, mosquito repellents. You know, that's their job. Um, if you have a, a pond and want to keep it, Keeping it stocked is the best way to get rid of the mosquitoes uh, who will try to use it as a breeding ground. When water is part of your landscaping or used for recreation, you don't want to drain it. That doesn't mean you have to surrender it, surrender it to mosquitoes. Buy some quarry, a few goldfish or minnows and form a pet, uh, from a pet store or bait store, and add it to your water garden. Uh, yeah, and, and and again, with water, chlorinating swimming pools is another thing that you can do to help with that situation. Of course, you always want to chlorinate your swimming pools in, in accordance with your manufacturer's recommendations for the safe use uh, of the pool. Uh, if, if you're not using the pool certain times of the year, cover it if you can. If you have small fountains and bird baths or wading pools and you don't want to chlorinate them, simply change the water out once a week and you get rid of the larva that way. Uh, if you sweep the surface with a brush to knock off the eggs before refilling the container, that's also a good idea. Uh, call in the authorities for large infestations. Um, large wooded areas, ponds, and lakes are havens for mosquitoes. It's almost impossible to treat these areas yourself. So the best way to get rid of mosquitoes here is to call in the big guns. Call your local mosquito control district. Local policies vary and services are localized. But often when the number of mosquitoes reaches a certain level, mosquito control will spray for them. It is also a good idea for Mosquitoes swarming in your yard in unusually high numbers. The last thing you want to get is covered in mosquito bites while enjoying your yard. Martin, do you remember in uh, when we were growing up in Divine, the mosquito foggers that used to uh, uh, go through town? Uh, yeah, of course I do. And, and, and there are still areas where that happens. Um, I, I don't know if it's still allowed in the United States or not, but I can tell you in, in other countries that I've been to, they still run the streets and still fog in some of the Caribbean countries and things like that. Um, not not the best smelling stuff that you've ever uh, smelled, and you really don't want to smell it because it's it's toxic. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there were there were big trucks that came through and basically fogged the entire street as they drove down it. Yep. And uh, and I, I guess it worked. I mean, I guess it helped. Uh, but, you know, especially uh, down in coastal areas like, you know, the coastal bend area and and other places where where it's much. I mean, down here, we used to joke that, the, you know, the, the mosquitoes were, you know, as, as big as birds down here in Corpus Christi. And I know you've seen them. I've seen them. There's some big mosquitoes down here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes just the normal stuff didn't work and and so there were agencies within the city that that's that was their job was going out and helping eradicate mosquitoes man you ought to uh, try but, try missouri 
the mosquitoes uh, uh, out if they are big enough to stand flat footed, stand flat footed, and have a conversation with a turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's big. That's big. Uh, one one last thing uh, that I'll mention before we have to go into the break, and that is have your yard professionally treated. I, I talk about uh, apple pest control on this show all the time. Give them a call. Have them come out and uh, help them wipe wipe out mosquitoes and insects uh, in in your yard. Uh, if you if you do this, say one to three days before you have a big party, you're going to pay probably you know around 135 dollars to 225 dollars, depending on how big your your area is, and uh, they can help you have a nearly mosquito free summer. Um, if you if you can have your foliage sprayed monthly, it's about three hundred and fifty dollars or or so for a small yard, and you can buy sprays yourself. But I really do recommend leaving this type of application of insecticides to the pros. So give our friends at uh, Apple Pest Control a call and have them come out and help you with that if, if you have mosquito problems around your house. There's there's lots more on this list, and um, we uh, we will try to cover some of them if we can. Um, hey, listen, uh, we'll talk about. Maybe two more things on our list here, but uh, before we do, uh, if you want to reach Jim or me during the week uh, to drop us a line, ask us a question, just say hi, uh, you can uh, you can drop Jim a line at his email address, which is? Uh, jsmith at windowworldtx.com. And you can uh, you can uh, email me at m bomba that's m b o m b a at windowworldtx.com. Uh, we're more than happy to to answer questions if we can, give suggestions if we can, and uh, and again uh, be a little patient with us. But typically we answer within about forty eight hours. Um, let's hit a couple more of these mosquito things before we get out of here this morning. Uh, the next one on, on the list, I'm going to skip this one, and let's talk about uh, lemon eucalyptus. Uh, I know that Jim has talked lots of times about lemongrass, uh, and, and the thing is oil from lemon eucalyptus is actually recommended by multiple, multiple government sources as an insect repellent. So if you're looking for a uh, rather, <coughs> pardon me, a, a natural mosquito repellent, this oil is the best way to get rid of mosquitoes. Yeah, and uh, lemon eucalyptus is is an effective natural oil. Uh, with it's got a sharp scent, uh, it it drives mosquitoes away, uh, though it doesn't last quite as long as other sprays. Hey, we are out of time. Uh, yes. Apologize for that, but we'll try to get to some more next week. Jim, it's been a great show. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Love you. You uh, Peace and love to everybody out there listening, and uh, go out and practice some kindness today. Make you feel good. Make the other person feel good too. We'll see you next time right here on the Home Improvement Show.